because sometimes we feel as though we don't have control. But Lord, that's that's not something that you you want us to have. You give us free will. You give us the ability to choose. You, you give us the ability to choose right and also choose wrong. But Lord, you're asking us to, as it says in Luke 9, 23, to deny ourselves and give up that control, give up the right to ourselves. And so this morning, Lord, I pray that we do just that. Have your way with us because we say we give up our right to our thoughts. We give up our right to what we want to do. We give up our right to our agenda. And that does leave us somewhat vulnerable. But Lord, that's when you work the most. That's when you, you come in and you, you do your work and you reveal to us not only how powerful you are, but Lord, how powerful you are in us and how powerful we are and how much you want your children to succeed. Lord, it's, it's humbling that you want me to succeed. The world can't even say that. The world doesn't want me to succeed. Father, you do. And so I latch on to you this morning. We latch on to you this morning. And just say, have your way. Be here this morning. Father, we love you. We need you. I pray that this word comes and it hits our heart exactly how it was intended. It needs no explanation. It just needs to be opened up and looked at. So prepare our hearts this morning. Lord, you want to do something. Prepare our hearts for as the word goes out, it should not return void. Lord, we love you. We need you. Spirit, be in here. Turn up the volume, Father. We need you. Come on. Come on, Father. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. You guys can be seated this morning. You can be seated. Well, thank you for being here. For choosing to spend your time with us this morning. I'm grateful for that. Grateful for each one of you guys sitting in the pews. And trust that the Lord is, is uh, working in your life. Um, and if we could, real quick, I'm sorry. Can you just turn me down just a little bit? Because I might start yelling and I don't want, I'm just kidding. I don't want to blow everybody out. That's good right there. Um, yes, thank you for being here. Uh, we're going to continue in Romans and there's there's some things last week that I talked about at the beginning of service that I kind of want to hit again talking about this this building campaign guys and the fact that we're we're coming down to the wire on some some deadlines and I just like I said last week I'm so proud of what you guys have done up until this point the people who have given uh, this the what you have given the Lord has seen that and I know he's gonna bless that um, this is going to be our building. There's no question about that. Like, I'm not nervous about that. I'm not nervous about anything. Uh, we're getting close to the end of February where, where some stuff is due. So I'm just saying, hey, let's continue to, to, how do I say this? Put, if you have already given, put that in front of the Lord and say, Lord, is there anything else? And just let him deal with that. Uh, I just want to put that out in front of you guys and just say let's be obedient to him in that and, and finish this thing strong um, and honestly uh, make history, make ESS history. Amen? Amen. Good. Um, so continue to pray for that uh, and uh, the Lord's going to do what he's going to do with that. So uh, we are very, very excited about that. But continuing in this book, 
We, you guys know that we usually break off maybe two or three scriptures. Five is like a lot <laughs> for us here. I'm going to be reading through the end of the chapter. So this is verse 18 through, all the way through verse 32. Now the reason I'm doing that is, is as you see through the first part of the chapter, 1 through 17, that's actually an entire thought. And I told you guys what we're going to do is break off these, these big thoughts and then kind of break them down and see what's in there. And if we need to pick them apart, we can pick them apart. We've gotten through this introduction, which has been phenomenal. It's taken us a little bit, but that's okay. I used to apologize for reading too much scripture. Well, I'm sorry I'm not sorry this morning. We're going to read a lot. And I love it because it needs no explanation. What we're about to jump into is something that can be a little harsh, can be a little hard to read, um, because Paul does an amazing job in the first 17 verses communicating relationship. That's really what he does. Talks about his relationship with the Lord. He introduces himself. He introduces the, the gospel. He introduces this horizontal, excuse me, vertical relationship as well as the horizontal. He's talking to the church at Rome saying, I want to come be with you. I want to come rub shoulders with you. He's trying to make sure that they understand that, look, it's not because you're not established. It's because I want to come and give what I have. And as we look and experienced that as a church, taking that into our own personal lives, saying that, hey, if the gospel's real in us, th those are some of the things that should be coming out of us. And then Paul ends his whole introduction by saying, because of what the gospel is in me and what it is, period, I am unashamed to speak about it. Because of the environment that I'm in, the people who he was bringing the gospel to, the, uh, the Jews who were very self-righteous. Uh, you have, um, uh, like I was explaining last week, um, these theological minds of the time like uh, Plato and Socrates. He said man's reasoning isn't even close to the gospel. And then bringing this letter to the Romans, the most powerful governmental influence at the time, saying man's riches and man's power isn't even close to the influence of the gospel. All of that, he's saying, I'm unashamed. He spends so much time building these people up and it seems like he's swinging to one side of the pendulum. Well, verses 18 through 32, when I opened up this book, I said, guys, buckle up. Hang on because there's going to be some truths that are spoken that are going to be hard to hear. But guess what? It should be in your bulletin, but if it's not, I need you to write down uh, John 8, 32. And you guys have probably heard this before. But it says that right there on the screen. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I want to communicate to you this morning, don't ever, ever withhold the truth from somebody in fear of hurting their feelings. We live in a world where feelings are a little bit too much of a baram, or we, we operate out of them too much. That right there is, is truth. I love that truth is telling us that truth will set you free. Paul's not going to withhold anything from the church at, at Rome. 
he swings to one side of the pendulum saying, hey, I love you, I want to build you up, but let me be real with you. He's going to swing to the other side here. And it's this, it seems like this massive change, but I, what I'm about to read here, I don't think Paul would have been able to say what he's saying in these, trans, in these verses, transpiring verses, 18 through 32, had he not had the introduction that he did. And you'll see that as we read. The other cross-reference that I just want to uh, communicate here, yeah, thank you for putting that up there, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And this is, this is one that is written and spoken of in uh, just all over the place. It says, But now faith, hope, love, abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. I just want to make sure that we understand that Paul is not spiteful. We, we've seen that. That any time we, we come with the truth, ladies and gentlemen, it always has to be served on a plate of love. Always. So read and, uh, let me say this, listen to this. Follow along, obviously, if you have your word. This is, this is church. You should be bringing your Bible. I'm not going to uh, back off of that one. Um, if you don't have one, there might, be, there might be one in the pew in front of you. But read with that in mind, that the reason why this is being said is because sometimes there needs to be what's called tough love. Um, but Paul's being very clear about something here. And it, we get to the title of the message. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, it says, The Consequences of Unbelief. Now, uh, I like to say it differently, differently unbelief and its consequences, uh, simply because Paul's communicating something that uh, I almost said this morning. He's not preaching in the morning. I don't know when he wrote this, this letter. <laughs> but Paul, Paul's communicating something that has to do with unbelief and what comes after that. Uh, now let me say this before I jump into this and read this. Have you ever dealt with somebody who you have to say ten good things before you bring the one thing that needs correction? Because it's the one thing that needs correction that usually gets highlighted and we person's like, well, what about all these good things that I did? <laughs> I feel like that's what Paul's doing here. Hey, you're, Rome, you're doing great. You're being, uh, excuse me, your uh, uh, faith is being proclaimed throughout all the nations. Uh, let, me, let me build you up. But also let me tell you something about when you choose to step away from the gospel. You know what that is? That's unbelief. There's a difference between believing and not believing. Let me tell you something. There is no middle ground. Let's remove the gray area this morning. There are things that you either believe God to be God in or you do not. Amen. And you act that way. I act that way right. on a daily basis, which is like, come on now. Am I really unashamed? Let's, let's just let's get a little bit real this morning. Not that we've been fake, hallelujah, but hey, we got to bring it. Uh, this is not meant to beat the church over the head. It's meant to reveal something that is a truth. And if you know the truth, it removes you and takes you up out of the gray area and puts you on either side of the fence. I'll tell you what, you can choose to be on either side of the fence. The Lord ain't going to force you. That's right. All right? You are your own person. But 
when we choose something separate than the gospel, it is separate from Jesus Christ. There is no if, ands, or buts about that one. You with me this morning? I'm done talking. Let's read. Amen. So, I'm just going to read through this whole thing and then we're going to kind of come back and I'm going to speak about some, some issues here. Um, some points more so than issues. So, starting off at verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Being understood through what has been made so that they, we'll define the they here in a little bit, are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened professing to be wise they became fools and exaggerated the glory of the incorruptible God excuse me um, exchanged exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and of four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Verse 24. Therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function of that which is unnatural. And in the same way, also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own person the due penalty of their error. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer... God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil. At this point, it's like, oh my goodness, please stop. You just keep getting hit in the side of the head with these things. Disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Oh, Lord, please. I, I mean, this makes me get down on my knees and bury my face into the carpet. Because what it's speaking about here is literally the consequences of when we choose not to believe in what the gospel is, in who Jesus is. 
there's a lot of they's in here. And it's, it's very important to define who that is. Um, and it's very clear in verses 18. Verse 18, excuse me. Sin gets two categories here. The ungodliness and the unrighteous. But we got to understand that coming off the top in verse 18, it says, the wrath of God. That's something huge. Like, that is unbelievable. If you really try to wrap your mind around it, which you never will be able to do. It's saying the wrath of God is revealed from heaven, not from man. Have you ever wanted to exact revenge on somebody and be like, oh, well, I'm going to make sure that they get what's coming to them. <laughs> yeah, just pause for a second because that's not up to you. The Lord's justice is greater than anything that we could ever orchestrate. So just let the Lord take care of it. All He asks you to do is just have a, a, a right and contrite heart towards Him. Amen? But it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all, not some, not the gray area. This is black and white. All unrighteousness, excuse me, ungodliness and unrighteousness. Okay, here's the they. Of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. That right there is a willful turning away. Saying, you know what? I know the right thing to do. I know the right path to walk. Let me back up. I know the righteous thing to do. I know the righteous path to walk. I know the righteous attitude to have. But I see what that is. And I see what I want. And I see how much my desire is connected to what I want and not what I need. And I say, you know what? I'm going to choose me. I'm going to choose to let my household be run in a way that doesn't line up with Joshua 24. I forget what the verse is, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. See, I'm, all men in the room who have wives and you run a household, you're responsible for your household. Everything that goes on in that house, the Lord's going to come to you and ask you, why did you let that happen? <laughs> See, when we choose ourselves, man, that's tough. But when we choose the gospel, we don't suppress the truth and unrighteousness, it's almost like we don't have to read the next part. <laughs> Which in my mind is like, hallelujah. Alright? This also is... Yeah, let me just continue before I jump into that. Here's the next part of this that, that really makes it um, something that you can rest in. Here, here's a little bit of rest in this passage. It says, because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. See, to me, when I get into a conversation with somebody about whether the Lord is real or not, or I don't see Him, or there's no evidence, that scripture from a place where... Uh, from a position of someone who's been saved 
trying to convince someone else of the reality of who God is, I can rest knowing that the Lord has made himself known to this person in their life. I really have. And I don't necessarily need to get emotional when it comes to trying to prove that. So that's the peace from it. But let me say this. The truth of that statement is, how do I say this? Applies to you and I just as much as it does to the non-believer. That the Lord has made himself evident in your life in so many different ways. From the beginning of creation. That again, the willful walking away from that. Is that suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. We become the they. Now, again, I'm doing the best I can not to beat us over the head this morning. Because this is like... And just it just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. But here's what... Um, as I get to the end of verse 23, it says, For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him. As God. How many times do I say to you guys, is God God over your entire life or is He just God over the good parts? Or when we're in real dire need of something, we, we jump down onto our knees and we pray and we pray and we pray. And as soon as we get what we need, we find that rest and then we find ourselves right back in the same place doing the very same thing that we prayed that the Lord would get us out of. It's very convicting. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God uh, for an image in the form of a corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and, and crawling creatures. That right there is the result. Those verses, 18 through 23, is the result of suppressing the truth. Uh, what we read from 24 all the way through 32 is God's response. It's His response to us saying, I want to choose me rather than choosing the gospel. And there's three things in here I just want to pull out because I want today to be a little bit more of an encouraging message than one that's like, hey, uh, we need to get right. But you guys know all the time, <laughs> I'm not going to skip over anything. This one might, this might be a hard one to hear, really. But I'm not. Uh, let me just back up. I've said this before. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry about this. All right? But if any of this is in your life, we have to take a look at it. If any of this is like, man, I'm walking in some of this, then that's the area of your life that the Lord is saying, look, let me in. Let me into that. Let me in there. He is fighting to get in there. And he's going to be a gentleman about knocking on the door. But if we get to a place where we keep that door padlocked, shut, you know what he's going to do? He's going to kick the door down. He's going to allow something to happen to the extent that will get your attention. Now, that scares the crap out of me. Because that might be, think about it, losing a leg. Being in the hospital for a certain amount of time where you don't know if you're going to live or die. That's real. You with me this morning? I want to encourage you guys, but at the same time, the truth is going to set you free. He says, Therefore, God gave them over. 
And then in verse 26, God gave them over. And then in verse 28, God gave them over. In verse 24, in the lust of their hearts to impurity. And then in verse 26, degrading passions. And then also in verse 28, to a depraved mind. That is the absence of God. Right there. When we step into our lust and say, this is okay, we justify it. Degrading passions, getting outside of the natural function of what God said, hey, this is what it's supposed to be. I'll tell you what, this entire world has experienced the Lord in some way, shape, form, and fashion. That doesn't mean that we take all missionaries and say, hey, look, sorry, <laughs> the Lord's taking care of it. We don't need you anymore. That's not it at all. We, he says in his word to take the word to the uttermost parts of the, of the world. What about those people who haven't heard Jesus in the, the jungle of Africa? Well, what does the scripture say? For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. God makes himself known. He still asks us to be his hands and feet and go and preach and bring light to this. You with me this morning? What was the other one? Verse 28. And this, just, this kills me because I've done this before. And just as they did not see fit, I did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer. He gave them over to a depraved mind. Being filled with all of these things. Man, I don't want to read through those. It's hard to speak them. Because each one that comes out is like, ooh, I've done that. Oh, man, that's in me. Eh, I got to get that out. I'm talking about the times when I have been the they. Now let me ask you this this morning. Are you the they in this scripture in any part of your life? And if you are, I'm saying, please be real about that. Because if you're not, the process upon which the Lord is going to bring you to the, the remedy or the, the fixing of that character flaw probably isn't going to be the most comfortable thing. That's the best and nicest way I can put that. <laughs> but He does it and He wants to correct things in you because He loves you. That's right. Yeah? And He wants you to know the truth so that the truth will set you free. See? I don't think Paul would have been able to say any of this to somebody had he not come with, you know what, I love you. I want to give you the gospel. I want to hang out with you and rub shoulders with you and let's, let's give each other what gifts we have. But I don't want to play with you. I don't want to make this something that it's not. I don't want to flower this up. With all due respect, I love the pastors and the, the churches in this city. I do. But if you are not preaching the gospel, you're not preaching. You're just not. And it's not that we just need to stick in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Romans and just break that. It's not that. There's other things, okay? But if you withhold the truth, meaning you're afraid of telling somebody that, look, when you step away from God, you die. Let's, okay. 
black and white right there. You're spiritually dead. If you withhold that truth from somebody, then, then we end up covering up all of this pain and this hurt. And it's okay to acknowledge God with my mouth, but then Friday, Saturday night, I'm off doing something that, hey, I don't want anybody else to know about. I've said to you guys plenty of times, when you walk through those doors, put the mask outside. Not because we're going to come in here and judge you. No, that ain't it. It's just like, look, let's be built up by one another and let's be that real follower of Christ. Not a Christian. A follower of Christ. Big difference. You with me this morning? So again, Paul has his pendulum comes in on this plate of love and swings over. It doesn't get off the plate of love. It's tough love. But says, I don't want you to be unaware of when you step away from this gospel, what it looks like. Have you ever watched a movie that it's like, man, that's a one and done? Like any of these, some of these Will Smith movies, Seven Pounds? Ever seen that one? No? Well, he's, I think he's dying. And he's trying to find people who are worthy enough to he can donate his organs to. And it's just like crazy emotional. Um, not one that I'm just saying, hey, let's pop this one in. And watch this again, you know? This is not a set of scripture that I'm like, hey, let's go back to this one. Let's just keep reading this. But you know what? The more I read it, the more it convicts me, the more it brings me to a place where I say, you know, I don't want that. So my encouragement to you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, is to be real with the fact that if you have unbelief in your heart, that it's not shame on you. It's let's look at what it looks like to operate in that and what it looks like to not operate in it. And let's be discerning enough to choose the right one. I'm going to lay that in your lap. Uh, you don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe what I'm saying. Okay? <laughs> I don't know what the Word just said. So you have to deal with the Lord on that in your life. i got to deal with the Lord on that with issues in my life. Amen? So let me get the worship team to come on back up here or out here. We'll get prepared for our offering. But please know, I want you to leave from this place. Encourage that you, if you didn't know, now you know. Encourage that you have a little bit more of an understanding of what it looks like to step outside of walking with Jesus. That's the reality of what that is. And I hope it brings you back to a place where you say, you know what, Lord? i got to get serious about you in this part of my life. Uh, you guys can come up here. Uh, we'll pray for this and then kind of jump into the last part of this this morning. Thank you, guys. Father, I thank you for just what you're doing in our hearts this morning and just as your word says that there's power and there's life and death 
the power of the tongue. Father, in this moment, I pray that we can say to you, Lord, I give up my unbelief. And so here's, here's what I want us to do. If you just take that, that, that right hand and just put it over your heart. Just, just say this aloud with me. Just repeat after me. Father, I give you my unbelief. I'm done doing it on my own. And you are God over everything. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. We just thank you so much for that, Lord. Uh, that as we say that, that becomes something that is more than just words. We just heard ourselves confess that. That's why you ask us to speak. Because sometimes we say things and we, we get to a place where we're like, wow, I can't believe I just said that. Father, I pray that that one sticks. The Father just wants me to encourage you this morning to say that phrase throughout the rest of the week. Father, I give you my unbelief. That's it. I give you my unbelief. Show me how to step into believing you. Take away my fear. Take away what it looks like. Take away me feeling like I'm going to fall flat on my face and everyone's going to laugh at me because I failed. Nah, see, get that out. Get that out. Lord, show me how to believe you. I give you my unbelief. Father, I thank you for this morning. Pray that you would be with these people as they leave this place, and that we we would be a people that believes you more with more than just words, but Lord, with our actions. We don't want the consequences of unbelief. We want the consequences of following Christ. Those are the good ones. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, "Amen." Go ahead and say hello to somebody before you leave.